uh, we were living in an area called Smithville, and uh, we would go to church uh, walking on Sunday. We we walked to church that morning, and uh, it was my sister Jane and Ed and I. We walked to church, and while we was walking, we were just playing, you know, like children do. If Jane had a little purse and we was throwing and catching like it was a ball and we was laughing all the way. Welcome to the Religion Unplugged podcast. I'm Maddie Townsend and here with us is Sarah Collins Rudolph. In 1963, she survived the Ku Klux Klan attack on 16th Street Baptist Church, a rallying point for civil rights activists. Four little girls waiting for the Sunday morning service died in the dynamite blast, including Sarah's older sister, but Sarah, in the same foyer, survives. The FBI charged four Klansmen two years after the attack, but prosecutions didn't begin until 1977. And when we, when we arrived, that's when uh, we went down into the basement to freshen up. And Janie came down to the basement, but her class was upstairs, so when she went back upstairs, uh, we just stayed in the latest lounge. And while we were in the latest lounge, that's when Denise McNeil, Cynthia West, and Carol Robson came in to uh, use the restroom. So they went on to the stall, and, and Ed and I, we just stayed in the latest lounge. And when they came out, uh, Denise McNeil uh, walked up to Ed and asked Ed to tie the sash on her dress. And when she reached her hands out to tie, uh, we was uh, all standing there watching to see her tie. But all of a sudden, I heard a loud noise, a great sound. It was real loud. And when I heard the sound, uh, I began to call Eddie. That's when the bomb had went off, you know. So I called her, and uh, but she didn't answer. And... Uh, all of a sudden, I heard someone outside saying, somebody bombed the 16th Street Church. And I found out who he was later on. He was one of the deacons. He had told me that when he heard the noise, he was coming down the steps uh, uh, to check, check and see what it was. But when he was finna take the step, steps down to the lounge, that's when uh, he noticed that the steps was blown away. So what he did, he jumped down and he seen me just standing at in the in the uh, crater, and he picked me up and brought me out where the uh, ambulance was already out there waiting. After the attack, how did the community change? Well, the community, most of the folks, they were kind of afraid because there was a lot of people that uh that I knew that left the city of Birmingham because it, the, the Bombing was something that uh, people would feel for uh, that another bomb might, you know, go off around close to them or whatever. So the community, uh, it changed a lot because a lot of my friends, they they left and went out. Of, their mother took them out of town to stay in with relatives. So my mother, she was a very uh, praying lady and she just prayed and and, and, and ask God, you know, to uh, protect us 
and uh we we uh was the type of family that we wanted to leave Birmingham but uh we didn't have relatives outside of Birmingham that we could stay with. So we we just stayed and like I say, my mother prayed and and just kept God in everything that we she did you know, for us. Yeah, of course. I know uh, forgiveness is very important because God told us to forgive, you know, those that uh, do us wrong. So uh, we had to to forgive those, the clansmen, because, you know, unforgiveness brings a lot of sickness upon you. So uh, it took me a while, but uh, I had to forgive them because... uh, being, my sister being killed in the bomb and, and our friend, it just took me a while to really forgive, but I did eventually. Had a lot of trauma from that bomb, and I had a lot of fear also. And uh, But my, my faith uh, helped me to overcome it because uh, I got prayer uh, for me for, for the trauma and, and all the nervousness that I had, had from the bombing and God began to heal me and uh, I was able to talk about it because it took me a long time to really even talk about what had happened to me. What have you done in your home state of Alabama to demand justice for Addie Mae? Well, I, I tried to get uh, restitution and uh, apology. First uh, apology and then restitution but are they still working on that now but uh, that's why that's what i've been trying to do yeah because the uh, city of Birmingham and the state was all involved in it and i felt like they were responsible for for the bombing because we had people in office like wallace and and, and bull connor and they were uh citing all this uh hate in in the city of Birmingham. Um, was the governor's apology enough? No, it wasn't enough. You know, I, I had suffered a long time in my life, and it wasn't enough for me because after the bombing, uh, they didn't give me any kind of uh, counseling, and they didn't they didn't give me any, any restitution since they was involved in it. So I felt like they kept up all the uh, uh, rioters and about this Ku Klux Klan out because all of them was involved in that. Um, so what are your thoughts about restorative justice? Well, we have to uh, uh, think about what they did. You know, we were just black people trying to get our uh, rights, just like the whites had their rights. And what they, what they did against us, it was wrong. You know, you don't you don't uh really uh have prejudice uh because of the fact that uh we are different colors. We all deserve our rights. And we we deserve our, our voting rights and uh, our civil rights and uh, but they kept it try to keep it from us simply because of our color and, and that's wrong. And and they they shouldn't have done us the way they did, but they always looked at us as being lower than they are, but God created us all equal. Absolutely. So um, when you say restitution, uh, what kind of restitution do you want um, 
from the situation? I, I want restitution in the medium because I took a lot. See, that was something they, they should have took away from me. See, I, I lost one of my eyes in that bomb. I almost lost both of them. One of my left, I still have glass in it, and they had to remove my right eye now with a prosthetic. See, I, 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 I suffer from the age 12 when I was just starting off in life. So I, I want some million. That's what I want. So could you talk about growing up and, you know, where you are now? How does that still affect you? Well, uh, when when I lost my eye and I got older, it was certain jobs that I couldn't get. I wanted to be a nurse. And uh, that took away away from me. And and also, uh, that bomb shook me up so much until it took a lot out of my, my body, you know, my mind and stuff like that. See, people didn't understand how that uh, bomb would, would take uh, away knowledge and, and and you can't go out there and, and do those things anymore because uh, at first I was an A student, but after the bombing, I dropped back, my uh, grades dropped down to D and L. I, I just couldn't think like I used to, you know? Um, what kind of process do you think the country has made for racial equality since your sister's death? Very little, very little of progress because we're still getting treated the way that uh, we was treated in the 60s. You know, uh, all the thing that you see now is being coming back out because we have a lot of races coming out, you know, different groups. They got new ones now, I think. It's not just the Ku Klux Klan, but we got several more, more uh, racist groups that have come out. And they're... Uh, showing themselves, you know, it, it quiet down for a little while, but they're showing themselves to be, uh, try to be above and, and want us to go back, uh, like into, back into slavery where they act toward us, but we're not going back. God's not going to let us go back, though. We, God made us and, and, uh, he, he, he put us on this earth to really be united with each other, not to uh, uh to be uh separate. But uh, God gonna God gonna have to straighten this out because too many people are still looking at blacks as being nothing. They can kill us when they get rid of nothing said. But God gonna straighten it out. Um, have you faced any of this sort of treatment uh, recently? No, I hadn't had any any uh, treatment like that. One time when I was young, I I, I remember when I was a uh, uh, guy called me a nigga, but and I didn't like that, you know. So I was gonna oh, do yeah. something about it. Uh, I was passing through the park, and he asked me, "Did I have a cigarette?" And, and I said, "I don't smoke." And he said, "I'm not talking to you, nigga." He didn't uh he didn't have to call me that. Um. So what do you think is our way forward as a country? And what are you hoping to see under the new Biden administration? Well, I'd like the Biden said we were going to uh, be united. That's what I'm hoping to see, you know, because our other president that was up there, he was putting us so far apart. But the only way we're going to make it in this world now, we're going to have to get united and stop looking at color 
and, and just start loving one another. So I just hope that that and pray that uh, things will, will go back to uh, being uh, equal and stop uh, showing, uh, try, try to keep us separated. He's trying to help all people. He's trying to uh, uh, help our race. You know, he's not looking at, at black and black and uh, being back. You know, a long time ago they said uh, black get back, brown stick around, and white you right. But he's not looking at that. He wants us all to get along with each other and and, and, and show love because that that's what the Bible wants us to do. He, he wants us to love one another. So I feel like Biden wanted uh, to help all people. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, of course. Um, so this question is specific to today. How would you compare your experience during the civil rights movement to today's racial justice movements like Black Lives Matter? Well, during our time, we had to march, you know, just like they're doing now. It's no different. You know, we, we march and try to get our rights. So the Black Lives Movement doing the same thing. And uh, they are doing uh, during the 60s, they would put the, the uh, dogs on us and their fire hose water, water pressure on us. You know, the cops came against us then. Now the cops still are doing the same thing. Not too much have changed. Only thing about it, people end up doing these things uh, to uh, our race and they're getting away with it. You know, cops killing blacks and they getting off with nothing but a pat on the back. And uh, that's wrong. They should stand and get prosecuted just like they're supposed to, you know. They shouldn't get off on killing us like that. Have you been directly involved with the Black Lives Matter movement? Well, I marched here in the streets when, uh, when uh, I can't think of her name, but anyway, when she came to Birmingham, how are you working within your community in Birmingham and outside of Birmingham to understand and embrace reconciliation within the church? I just attend church and really just learn about God, you know, and how he wants us to live. That's what, that's what our church believe in. We, we believe in living by the word. So. Because uh, the word of God, it gonna stand when the, when the world on fire, you know, heaven and earth gonna pass away, but uh, God's word gonna continue to stand. So that's what we 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 really living by. We don't hold we don't hold any hate or anything in our heart to no one. We just try to love everybody and treat each other with with kindness. Absolutely. So, how do you want to? Um Continue Addie May's legacy through your life and get justice for her. Well, for one thing, uh, just let people know that those girls didn't die in vain. You know, they didn't want, they didn't die in vain simply because the, the civil rights bill has been passed to their death and, and uh, voting rights, and so they. Uh, they live, they live a short life, but giving up what happened to them and everything, and just, as you know, that uh, uh, 
it was a full anger that God had taken away because, you know, sometimes you don't know what God put you here for, but I just thank God that their life wasn't in vain. Absolutely. Where all will you be speaking this year? I know your book just came out. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, right now, I'm not speaking anywhere. I'm zone, you know, I got some dates on my calendar for Black History Month. And I'm not going out personally like I used to do for this virus game. So I just got some uh, Zoom, Zoom uh, in, in Black History Month, February. So that's, that's all that's so funny what I'll be doing. Yeah. How do you think Addie would feel about today's um, political climate and the progress and lack of with racial justice um, since her death now, if she was here today? I don't think uh, uh, she'll be satisfied. I I don't believe none of the girls would be satisfied because the way things are going uh, so slow right uh, justice for uh, black. Oh no, they wouldn't be satisfied about that. Cause they was they was uh really all of them with some smart girls, and uh if they were here, they would they wouldn't be satisfied at all. What do you think that they would want to see? I, I believe they would want the, the, the uh people to be united together. You know, because, you know, the kids let us know that united we stand, but, you know, divided we don't fall. And, and right now we got a government that's divided. We got the, a Republican, Democrat, but I feel like if, if only they uh, uh, get together and do things together, this would be a, a, a better country. Because as long as there's one pulling against one, it won't, it won't never be the same. Democrat want to help them help the poor and the Republican want to help the white. It does not re- unite. Thank you so much. Uh, you will. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by contributor Maddie Townsend, edited and produced by Peter Freebie. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of the Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or the Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.